Welcome to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast, where we help you conquer the internet one video at a time. We cover everything from how to start a YouTube channel to how to make a video go viral. And now, here's your host, the one and only Dusty Porter. Hello, wonderful creators. Welcome back to the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty Porter, the host of this wonderful show where I bring you interviews each and every Wednesday with creative people, creators on YouTube, just like yourself, in hopes of bringing out some value, some information that can help you grow your presence, can help you spread your message, and help you build a channel, a brand that can make a difference. That is the sole purpose of this podcast, and I want to thank you guys for continually allowing me to do this now, 119 episodes. Man, that sounds like such a astronomical number, but I feel like we're just getting started. Uh, The month of May 2018, which is when I'm recording this episode here, has actually been our largest month ever downloads-wise. So we are like 130 or 40,000 downloads this month, which is just insane. You guys are killing it. Really loving and consuming the older content, which I encourage you, if you're a new listener of the show, go back, listen to one of the older episodes. You will not regret it. And none of this could be possible without our sponsor, TubeBuddy. Been with us almost since the beginning. If you're looking for a tool that can help you grow your YouTube channel, someone asked me, if you could only have one tool on on YouTube, what would that tool be? Always the answer, TubeBuddy. That was even before they sponsored and helped out with the show here. But man, TubeBuddy has so many cool features. And here recently, uh, they just introduced a new feature allowing you to kind of manage and kind of take a, a bird's eye view of your patrons and your Patreon campaign from within the YouTube platform. Super cool. And speaking of Patreon, this show is also brought to you by you guys, the patrons. If you are looking for access to a a place or community where you can just chat with YouTubers on a daily basis, the private Discord that you get from supporting the show on Patreon for as little as a dollar is definitely the place to do that. So for a buck, for five bucks a month, you get access to a private YouTube creator Discord where we basically chat YouTube. We we post all of our recent uploads, get them critiqued by other people. We also uh, have other you know, channels in the Discord like online business, podcasting. If you're a creator, you're looking for a place to hang out, man, the Discord is definitely a place. Check the show notes for all of the links that I just mentioned below. All right, so this week's conversation is probably one of my favorites that that we've ever done here on the show. Uh, The guest has been on once before. His name is Dan Courier. I consider him a friend now. Uh, We met kind of via like-minded interests, things like that. But he runs a a YouTube channel and a Facebook community called Creator Fundamentals. He is a person who, if you're looking for the heartbeat of what's going on on the YouTubes, on the platform, Dan is the guy to go to. And so this week we chat about building platforms outside of YouTube. So building a community outside of YouTube, like a Facebook group, uh, different things like that, or the Discord, like I just shared. And then we talk about the recent changes on YouTube. Uh, we talk about you know the sub box dilemma, what we think about that. We also discuss uh, the new features like rolling out the sponsor button to all creators and not just gaming channels, the new messaging features feature, as well as some things that Dan's been doing recently to help him grow to now over 10K subscribers and and just absolutely killing it on every video that he does. And so guys, sit back, grab, grab a glass of water, put those headphones in, start that run, whatever you're doing now, and relax, because you're about to enjoy an awesome conversation with an awesome creator. See you on the other side. 
Hello, everyone, and welcome back to this week's conversation on the YouTube Creators Hub podcast. My name is Dusty, as always, the host of the show. I am joined today uh, by one of my favorite people in the YouTube biz, uh, Dan Courier from Creator Fundamentals. I've already introduced him the first time he was on the show. But, Dan, tell my folks a little bit more about you, who you are, and what you got going on right now. Well, as you said, my name is Dan Courier. I run a YouTube channel called Creator Fundamentals that's all about helping other creators deliver their value to the world. Uh, and basically, I provide information, best practices, and things that I've implemented that have been successful with my audience to give them uh, the tools they need to do it for themselves. Yeah, and as I said, guys, there in the opening, Dan is so informed. He's so he's really versed in the YouTube space, and he knows what he's talking about. And so if you listen to an episode, this needs to be it all the way to the end because I think Dan's going to have some really good stuff to share with us today. Speaking of sharing with you guys today, I got to let you guys know something. Right before we hopped on this call, I was working on a – I was hired by a company to do an ad spot for some – some pre-roll videos or whatnot, and they gave me a script. It's like a 30, 45-second script. This is just kind of YouTuber problems, Dan, so just kind of bear with me here. Well, I, for some reason today, I cannot speak. I cannot say my words properly, and that bodes well for this podcast episode. But literally, you know, I have like 9 or 10 of the 30-second the spots to read. I couldn't even bang out the first one in like an hour. I don't know what's going on with me right now, but I was like, my words were getting meshed together. But anyways, if you're a YouTuber out there, don't worry. We all have the same struggles. We all have the same difficulties. Dan, do you remember a video or a time or something you worked on that you just had to... to, to take like a hundred takes just because you couldn't get it right? Uh, sometimes that feels like every video. <laughs> uh, you know, I, one of the things that I've had to do and the way that I make videos is find ways to be more efficient and to deal with those retakes uh, because of how frequently it happens. Sometimes even the most common things, you know, your catchphrase or whatever it is, mm -hmm. you just can't get it out in the right order or your, your lips forget how to say those particular words uh, and it can be a struggle, but just keep pushing on and you'll get there. It is so frustrating when you know the words to say, you know it's not a difficult script, you know it's not hard, but you get in front of the camera and boom, you just freeze. So it doesn't matter how many times you've done it, how many times you've been in front of the camera, we all go through it. So, uh, you know, I was on the struggle bus for sure earlier today. Um, let's go ahead and dive into kind of the the, the topic I want to talk about first with you, Dan, and that's creating a community outside of YouTube. A lot of people think that they've got to stay in the bubble. They've got to just create the community on YouTube. It needs to stay there. Uh, any outside sources or outside places cannot benefit their channel or benefit their business or brand or anything like that. Let's talk about your growth strategy with Creator Fundamentals and how I think you've done one of the best jobs in the industry along with Brian G. Johnson with the Tube Ritual group over on Facebook. Uh, kind of what model did you kind of uh, put into place? And let's talk about that briefly about building communities outside of YouTube. Well, I, I personally think for YouTubers as a whole, one of the most important things you can do is always think outside of, you know, the YouTube ecosphere, if you will, and try to... Uh, understand ways to broaden your brand beyond YouTube. YouTube is a great platform. It provides us plenty of opportunities, but if you have big plans for what it is that you're trying to do, incorporating all of the different ways that people communicate outside of the YouTube platform itself 
is absolutely essential in helping to build your brand and grow your reach. Why do you think that is? Like, what are the main benefits of extending beyond YouTube and growing the community elsewhere? What, what have you found to be some of the, 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 the better things that, that you've seen from that? Well, one of the things we know about YouTube is that it is uh, the number two um, largest search engine. So obviously, with regards to that and the ability for people to find content that they're looking for, it is absolutely optimized for that process. And it you know, delivers great value in that regard. Uh, YouTube as a whole, while they continue to look for ways to develop the community side aspect in terms of tools and features that allow you to build more of a community on the YouTube platform itself. I think it still falls a little bit behind some of the other platforms that are available to you, such as Facebook. You know, Facebook is really designed around interacting with your friends first um, and just kind of developed into a much larger thing than that. But that core uh, is basically allow people to communicate more effectively. And I think bringing some of its value to your YouTube community can help you go a long way in growing your uh, overall community and how you're able to reach people and communicate with them. And what are some tactics and strategies that you've used? I mean, your channel's absolutely killing it here recently. And so what are some tactics and strategies, Dan, that you're using or implementing now as far as outside of YouTube that are helping you build your brand and the creator, you know, fundamentals brand as a whole? Well, I definitely try to leverage uh, the tools that are available on Facebook on a daily basis. Um, it's amazing to me how frequently I see people who spend a lot of their time on Facebook, YouTubers who spend their time on Facebook talking about their YouTuber problems and just the common things they overlook. Like for one, they'll be using your, their personal profile to talk about their YouTube channel, but there's nothing on their personal profile that lets people find their YouTube channel. So I think it's important to not only have a brand page uh, that identifies your brand and kind of uh, bridges that gap from YouTube over to Facebook and allow people to follow you there, but also consider actually having a dedicated profile to your business and your brand. So when you communicate with people about whether it's something that you're creating or just real YouTuber problems, people can easily understand what your um, content is about, how to find your channel, because that particular profile you're using ties in completely with what you're doing on YouTube. And uh, and also, I didn't mean I didn't mean to kind of cut you off there, but also like until recently, YouTube really does not have any features to connect with your community outside of the comment section or the community tab, correct? And so Facebook and other outside outlets allow you to do that a lot better. Right, for sure. I mean, then they're they're kind of expanding the reach of the community tab, which is something more recent that they've come out with, but. Uh, most of the people that have it still are over 10,000 subscribers. And as we know, there's a long journey before you reach 10,000 subscribers. And I think community needs to be a priority day one, regardless mm -hmm. of how big your channel is or how far your reach is. You really mm -hmm. want to develop it from the beginning. So when you do start to have mm -hmm. that community on YouTube, you have the other places uh, to be able to interact with them in a much more meaningful way. Yeah, I agree. And, and then once, you know, once you do, you know, it, it's almost a, a good idea to put all of that or implement that stuff before your YouTube channel sees a great deal of success because you'll already have that in place, a place to tell them, hey, come here, my Discord channel, come to my Facebook group uh, over, you know, here's my Snapchat, what, what Instagram, whatever, just these outside platforms to kind of have people commune to. And also, it's never a good idea to rely solely on one platform. We talk about that over and over again in all of our videos, all of our podcasts seems like we're always 
always telling people, guys, please don't put all of your eggs into one basket. And I think that it's never more true than it is now. And I think that is a great segue over to kind of the next topic I kind of wanted to pick your brain uh, about, Dan. And that's the changes coming to YouTube. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago, everyone was up in arms about the changes coming to sub boxes. They were going to remove the, uh, you know, the, the way they organized videos, even though it was just a test. Everyone freaked out. Uh, they were not going to do it in chronological order. They were going to do it kind of by algorithm like they do everything else. So maybe speak on that a little bit about the evolution of YouTube and kind of what you're seeing with that change. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I certainly was in tune with that particular change and how people were responding to it. I always find it fascinating um, how it's kind of like an all or nothing response every time YouTube makes a change. Mm. Uh, in this case, there was a lot of outrage. Um, and basically what they did was they, for a select group of YouTubers, they um, decided to test the idea of optimizing your sub, uh, subscription feed mm -hmm. uh, rather than it being in chronological order. So a lot of larger YouTubers came out and kind of uh, blew it up into a big thing, uh, most notably Ethan Klein from H3, H3 Productions, which kind of, uh, you know, he kind of spearheaded the outrage charge. Um, but, you know, I think with any change, uh, the the overall outcome or the benefit or uh, detriment that it may cause is still remains to be seen. Mm -hmm. I think probably the biggest reason that that particular change affected so many people in a very emotional way is because that recently over the last few months or so, not all the changes YouTube has made um, for the betterment of the platform as a whole have been received in positive light by people. So I kind of feel like they, as soon as YouTube hints at another change, uh, it kind of spooks people and, you know, they start seeing the, uh, the absolute worst, uh, outcome possible. And that's what causes all of the, uh, the chaos and the panic. Yeah, it's funny how it's just always a house-burning reaction, it seems like, every time YouTube makes a, a change. Now, in, in the larger scale of things, Dan, <laughs> this is a funny way of putting it, but what are, what are ways that you've implemented on your channel to kind of change-proof your channel to where it doesn't really matter what YouTube does. They can change the algorithm all the time. They can do this and that and, and, and revoke different features and whatnot. But what have you found to be the best ways to kind of help your YouTube channel sustain through all of these changes that YouTube's going to make? And let's be real. We want them to make changes for the better. We want them to improve the platform, give us more features, make the, the feature set more robust. But what are ways that, that you're kind of implementing on your side that are helping your channel kind of get through all of these changes? Well, I, I think the the biggest change that you can make uh, is really it's really simple. I know for my channel, there's certainly been times uh, that feel like feast or famine when things are either going great or it's a little bit of a, a, a struggle and you really kind of have to uh, earn and push every view yourself. So for me personally, the best way that you can overcome um, these times when you feel like maybe your videos aren't getting pushed out enough or you're not getting the views that you want. Uh, is to make more content. Uh, you know, just this past week, um, my views the last few months have been kind of kind of trending down. So I put out, um, I essentially ended up putting out a video every week, every day during the week, and it brought my numbers back up to where they had been. So um, yes, it's great to ride the times when you're getting a lot of promotion and uh, you know wide reach on your content, but 
in the times that you don't do that, you can either sit there and blame somebody or you can figure out what you need to do to get them where you want them to be. Yeah, I think that's probably the most frustrating thing about what we hear in our industry is that just people complaining all of the time and not being willing to go in and see what's going on, make some changes, upload videos more frequently, or do what it takes to get to kind of the goals or results that they want to see. And, you know, I think that, you know, the question that I would have for you, Dan, is that when you saw that your views were kind of trending downward or, you know, kind of towards the the way on the graph that you really didn't want to see them, how do you kind of mentally get yourself kind of as a creator in a space to where you're 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 ready to to go forward and not get depressed or not get down on yourself because I think that's what a lot of creators do is that they they see those numbers and they equate that to uh you know what they are as a creator and so how do you kind of mentally get yourself prepared and, and psyched up to do what needs to be done to make those changes So I mean I'm certainly not immune to that and there are times when it can be a little bit discouraging when you're putting in a lot of effort and you're not necessarily uh, seeing the results. For me, I fall back to to my core approach, which is recognizing that this is a long-term process. Uh, you know, walking for a quarter of a mile in a marathon is, is not going to cause you to fail at the marathon. Uh, you know, it's just focusing on that end goal and realizing sometimes are going to be slower than others. So, uh, what I always try to do. And yeah, I have times when it's just frustrating and I'm like, Oh, well, you know, you continue to see that drop, even though you're putting in some additional effort, but just understand for every low, for every slow point, there's always those, you know, um, those peaks that happen as well. So I think it's all going to over or average out over time and understanding that this is a long process and, you know, not just something that you're trying hard to do for the next couple months really helps you to put these, um, you know, the down times into perspective and understand that you just need to plow through them uh, and continue to build your content so you take off even that much more the next time a peak swings around. You did a video recently that, um, I mean, I watch all your videos because obviously, why not, right? You, you have, you, come on, man, Dan Courier, Creator Fundamentals. Come on, guys, why wouldn't you? Seriously, you're delivering value. Uh, what you say there on your channel is you deliver your value and live your dream. I love that. I love your slogan. But you did a, a video recently. It says, how I make money on YouTube. is About a week ago, you did this. My top five revenue sources. You are what many would consider a medium-sized YouTuber. You know, definitely not what, you know, you and I are definitely not what people would call large YouTubers or famous YouTubers. And people think the only way or the only creators that make money on YouTube are those creators. And so you did this video, and I, I found it just intriguing as a YouTuber of your size. So speak on a few of those different ways that you're making money on YouTube and kind of how those have evolved over time. Well, I mean, the first thing I would say is that it's never too early to start thinking about ways to make money. Um, granted, you know, you take something like affiliate links um, or affiliate marketing, which has been very good to my channel. And you have to understand that base if you if you don't have an audience to push to affiliate links um, or your audience is of a certain size, you're only going to be put going to push so much traffic. That said, that doesn't mean you don't do it. You you build the groundwork from the beginning. Um, you get involved with affiliate uh, programs that you can, um, you know, that you can get accepted into. Uh, one I think I just shared on Twitter today was uh, Magic Links and how they kind of do a lot of the work for you and make that part that uh, mm -hmm. process even easier. But um, I have always been uh, 
of the idea that you build all your foundations as soon as you can, whether you think you have the market yet for them or not. Because the last thing you want to do is find yourself in a situation where you're blowing up and you have nothing ready. Hmm. You know, you want to be able to capture that storm and take advantage of it. Um, you know, that's one of the things I say about the growth of my channel is, yes, it was an opportunity presented itself, but I had uh, 100 or so videos ready to go with, um, you know, decent content that people could find value in. So when that explosion happened, you were ready for it. You weren't trying to react to it. Um, you know, that ability to be proactive in this in making money is also super important. And I think there's a number of ways that you can set that up in your favor. So you mentioned magic links. Um, I love new tools, new tricks of the trade. What what is magic? I mean, I know what it is because I, I I got your saw your tweet and I kind of did did a little research. I really like what they're doing. Explain what magic links is and kind of the benefit for YouTubers. Yeah, and magic links is actually something that I've just started recently getting into as well. But like affiliate links with Amazon, obviously you're interacting with Amazon. They create links to. Um, uh, products on Amazon. What Magic Links does is they basically allow you can go to their website and basically grab a link from any website, any brand, and they will automatically convert it to a, a Magic Link, which is an affiliate link that allows you to receive um, a portion of the profit if somebody follows that link. So rather than having to go to you know a hundred different merchants and sign up with them and use their individual links, Magic Links kind of does all that behind the scenes and uh, provide you with an easy way to simply um, capture a particular product that you're interested in, and they figure out who's selling it and uh, you know create that um, connection between you and that retailer and give you a simple process to create links um, on a consistent basis. So yeah, the, um, the reason I like it, Dan, is because they kind of eliminate all the techie stuff that people complain about when it comes to affiliate links in the first place, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's basically it's, you know, push button, um, one step kind of process for being able to implement affiliate marketing. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one thing that you do, uh, and I'm very uh, kind of jealous of, of your consistency on this because I'm, I'm very inconsistent with my live streams recently. A lot of it's because of what's going on with my family and I've had some kind of sickness and whatnot. But uh, I, I digress. Um, you are a person who is live streaming now at least once a week, sometimes multiple times a week on the same day, the same time. Uh, what are some live streaming tips that you can give that you've learned even over the past few months that you even haven't talked about on your channel? Like, what have you found to be some things that have helped you grow your live stream? Because you're, you're averaging a ton of people in your live streams every week, and I think consistency would probably be the number one thing there. Well, yeah, consistency definitely helps um, in the sense that people know when it is. I mean, people actually look forward to that time slot um, because – uh, for a couple different reasons. The one thing that I do differently on my live streams than a lot of people, um, and when I first started doing live streams, I did it the other way when my audience was smaller, uh, which was basically um, to get over that concern of whether or not you're going to get an audience. Um, you plan a topic, you cover that topic, uh, you basically front load the end of your live stream with the value of a particular topic. And then you go into the conversation and have um, the opportunity to interact with people who follow your channel, et cetera. And that that's a great way to get over the, um, you know, the concerns or the fear of going live with the idea that you're not going to have an audience and it's going to feel awkward. As so, my, so what you're okay. saying, what you're saying, Dan, is that you have a topic that way you have something to discuss, have something to talk about and kind of gets people to the end of the stream. Is that what you're kind of saying? Kind of promote that? 
Well, that's how I started. And I think that's a great tip for people who are just starting on live streams, because one of the one of the things that I've certainly seen and what I experienced myself, you know, on my other channel is going live and not getting an audience um, can be discouraging for people. So one of the ways you overcome that to get started in live stream Mm -hmm. is to plan a topic just like you were doing a video. And in the beginning of the live stream, don't worry if anybody shows up, you cover the topic as if you were recording it for a video. Um, even if you make mistakes and stuff and there happens to be an audience, you can kind of interact and say, I'm going to redo that, you know, be authentic in that way. And then if nobody shows up or even if they do, you download your live stream, you trim off the front of it and you can even upload that as it as its own separate video, which is additional content. Now, one of the things that I think has helped my live stream to grow is that my live streams now aren't about a topic. They're about my subscribers and it's just an opportunity. I go out of my way to. Um, try to mention every single person that's in the live stream when they come. People like to hear their channels. Uh, They like to receive a little bit of that attention. Plus, I've implemented some ways to get them even more attention on the live stream and really make them feel like they're part of the conversation and they're not just watching a show. Yeah, it's it's amazing what um, <laughs> I said this so many times before, but it's amazing what a shout out or a uh, you know something like that can do to a person on a live stream. It makes them feel so important and so special. And if you do that with people over and over again, why do you think people? How do you think people grow Twitch followings? It's by getting a couple of people in there, making them feel special, and then building upon that over and over again. Now, once you get to be large enough, you know, you can't do that with everybody, but that's how you grow a small stream. You make people feel special, important. You interact with them. You give them value. You know, that's kind of what you do with a live stream. Uh, we're 20 minutes into this thing now. I feel like you and I talk and it's the time just flies by. Um, let me ask you this kind of in, in kind of closing, heading towards the end of the interview here. What is something that you've learned over the past few months, uh, Dan, that that you would say would be the, the most important thing to your to your growth and kind of your success on YouTube? If someone's out there wanting to grow a YouTube channel, like what, what are you doing and have learned recently to help you kind of ha- see the success that you've seen so far? I mean, I think the most important thing, uh, especially more recently, is authenticity matters. Um, it matters a lot. And uh, you want to be true to what it is that you're truly passionate about. You don't want to try to pretend to be somebody else. Um, you, when the opportunity arises and it's in line with the focus of your channel, it's okay to share a little bit of yourself with your audience, let them know you're human and, uh, you know, uh, and interact with them on, on, a, you know, a one-to-one basis. I think sometimes that some people kind of find success and they think that, that it's important for them to kind of make themselves seem premium or something. So their interaction with others kind of dwindles. Uh, rapidly. So I, I think it's important. It's something certainly to me that I'm going to go, going to go out of my way to interact with my community and mm-hmm. really let them know that I'm just another person just like them and that they can implement the things uh, that I've done to help my channel grow. I think that is such a real and true answer. Like authenticity, transparency is something that, <laughs> man, I try to do that on this podcast. I try to just... Uh, live out my quirkiness, you know, who I am as a person and let the people know who listen to this show, like, this is who I am. Like, if you came and met me, ate supper with me, ate lunch with my family, I'm going to be the goofy person that that you hear on the podcast, that you see on these videos. And th- people appreciate that. Like, like your, your viewers, the audience, like the creator fundamental people who come in and watch and consume your content every week, uh, Dan, I think that's one of the things that why so many people consistently come back to your streams every Wednesday night is because 
that you're authentic. Like all of this stuff you're putting on social media, on YouTube about, you know, spending time with your family. And I'm always, always uh, going to, to mention and talk about my family here and my daughter and my wife and my dog. And I want people to know I'm a real person. You know, I'm not just some talking head behind a microphone. Like I'm doing this thing with them and going on this journey. There's something to that, right? Oh, absolutely. And yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't overstate it. No, completely agree. Now, let my audience know, Dan, where they can get in touch with you. I wanted to encourage everyone, if you haven't already, go over to Dan's channel, Creator Fundamentals. Give it a subscribe. It's super great content. Live streams are phenomenal. Videos are great. Where else do you want uh, to, to, to point out to my audience? Yeah, you can definitely find me at YouTube.com slash Creator Fundamentals or just search Creator Fundamentals on YouTube. You can also check me out at CreatorFundamentals.com. Well, Dan, what a great conversation today. Thanks again for joining me, and uh, I know you will be back on the podcast. You and I have some stuff we are working on. Uh, We are a little behind schedule, but uh, you and I are working (laughs) on, and we're going to get to the bottom of that as soon as possible. But, Dan, thanks again for joining me today. We'll talk to you later. Hey, thanks for having me. You've been listening to the YouTube Creators Podcast. We want to thank you and invite you to subscribe to the show, as well as support us on Patreon for great perks, such as having your YouTube channel featured on the show and a link on our website. Until next time, keep uploading those videos.